0: With the help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Dafpe Aleph. We left off on Dafpe Aleph, Ahmed Aleph, five lines from the top of the Amit The Gemara started with a Braisa. Actually, we will learn at the end of today's share that there is an opinion that holds that whatever we are learning was not written in a Braisa, but it was said by a e. amora. But let's start with our Girsa now, that is a Tanan that there were ten stipulations or ten conditions that Yeshua made when he divided the land of Eretz Yisrael amongst the twelve Shvatim. And let's quickly review by heart the first five of the ten that we learned at the end of yesterday's shir, And each one will be better explained in the Gemara. But the first one is that every Jew should have the right to pasture his animals in other people's privately owned forests. So obviously, pasturing in someone else's field is Stamgezela, or Gineva. But in a forest, with more details, everyone is allowed to allow their animals to pasture there. Number two was that Melaktim Eitzim Besodiseim, that everyone can gather wood from other people's fields, more details soon. Number three, we learned yesterday, Melaktim Asavim, I can gather grass from other people's fields, aside of grass that is in a tilson field, as we explained yesterday, because grass is good for the tilson. So, if I'm going to take their grass, I'm going to be damaging their tilson. Tilson is called in English fenugreek. And it's either, we said, either a legume or it's a spice. The fourth that we learned yesterday was <laughs> that I have the right to cut off shoots off other people's trees as long as I don't damage their tree. I'm cutting off their shoots because I want to plant. And they wanted me, they wanted everyone to start planting more trees. So we have the right to do it. And the fifth one we learned yesterday was that when you have a newly, a new spring, everyone is allowed to take water from that spring. We we'll learned in the Gemara is whether people have to pay. If the spring is coming out of, let's say, your field, do I have to pay you? But even if I have to pay you, the point is that everyone has the right to make use of that water. Now, continuing on the fifth line, we are counting these Tanoim, and we are up to what would appear to be number six. We're going to see soon, that it's not ten, it's eleven. All of that will be in the Gemara. Number six, that every Jew has the right to fish with a line and hook. That's called Mechakin. And we'll see in a moment, there are different types of mediums through which we catch fish. The least aggressive one, is, you know, the normal, what people have in mind today, you're going fishing, you have that rod and the line with the hook, in the sea of Teveria, which is in the Kinetis, which, as we will learn today, is in the portion of Naphtali. But every youth can go fishing there. Obolvad, sholo yifreis kela. No one should be allowed to spread out some sort of enclosure, that are nets on poles, and you put the poles in the yam, and you hop a lot more fish, that... Even the B'nei Naftali are not allowed to do. Because the des Asfina, it's either going to stop the boats from traveling there, or it's going to damage the boats from traveling there. So that type of fishing is not allowed. Number seven, the nifnin ha-goder, that everyone has the right to relieve themselves if they have to go to the bathrooms. Then you didn't have what we have today, the public toilets. So everyone is allowed to defecitate behind a stone fence. And again, just one little piece of the Gemara later, even though that person is going to take off a stone from the stone fence to clean themselves, they're allowed to do that. And even if you have a field that is growing karkoim, which is saffron, which is very expensive, and it has a good odor. So we're, we're, we, we don't say, ah, that you know going to the bathroom there is going to ruin the odor. We don't say that maybe taking a stone off the fence is going to expose that field. There's going to be a breach in the wall. People can go the karkoim. You're, you are allowed to. Number eight. We're going to go with the way Rashi interprets. Shvilei harashus means permissible paths. So Rashi explains that most field owners allow the public to go through paths in their field when... Bechlal won't damage the produce that's being planted in that field. So there are certain months during the year, you know, you just harvested, or as we'll see later, it's before one of the rains of the season. So most people allowed, anyways. Why do I care? You walk through my field, you're not going to be mazik anything. Yeshua made a takana al that everyone should have the right to walk through. Because even if there is an exceptional owner that doesn't give reshuz, you are allowed to walk in everyone else's fields not stomp as a shortcut to get quicker to the other side until the second rain falls we learned in Tina's there is a machleikas a three-way machleikas what is the date in Eretz Yisrael for the second of the earlier rains we're going to go with the opinion that it is on the 17th of Mar from then the produce begins to sprout and if people trample on it it harms it then you're not allowed anymore Number nine in our counting, people who are walking on the public road during the winter. When it rains, the road becomes muddy. And therefore, when it starts to dry in the summer, not all the roads are flat straight. There's bumps on the road. There are pegs on the road. Because when it got wet, you know, there was little mounds. Now they got hard. And it's difficult to walk. So I would have the right to walk off the road, even though walking on the sides of the roads, is entering the edges of private property. I am allowed to do it because it's very difficult to walk on the roads. And what will be here, Luchura number 10, is, the If someone is lost, let's say, in a vineyard, The person is allowed to cut his way up and cut his way down. In today's English, it would be, you can cut your way out. So you're cutting, you're being mazik other people's property to find your way out. Now obviously you'll have to pay them for the the nezik. But the chiddush, as the Gemara will explain, is that if I need to get out of the vineyard, the Chachamim didn't say, go back, go back, and then walk around it. I'm allowed to cut my way out, I'll pay for it, but the fact that I have the right to be mazik, that's one of the taqanas. And now, l'cho'udah, this will be now number 11, that will be the problem. Number eleven would be mitzvah that an unattended corpse, meaning if someone that we don't know whose relatives is to that person, we don't know who's going to be masehach with that person's burial. You find a corpse, you don't know what the person is. No one is going to bury him. There's a mitzvah on whoever finds that corpse to bury him. that even a kain that is not allowed to be matam has a chiyuv, has a mitzvah to bury him. That person acquired his place. Meaning that you bury him in the place where you found him, even if you found him on someone's property. Again, all of these things, let's read inside the Rashi. Everyone has so many details. Rashi will be, if you go down the Amid, the first wide line under the Gemara. Rashi Dibri Hamaschal Mekaymai Zot Rashi Mokem the second, the, the, the last narrow line, The place where that person was found laying, that place belongs to him. No, it's on private property. The owner of the field cannot be ma'akib. Rambam holds that this person is found outside the city. If the person is found in the city, you bury the person in the cemetery. The reason why they said outside the city was because if he's outside the city, and the person who finds the mace will have a responsibility to spend more time and effort to bring him back to the city into the cemetery, then it's likely that people will ignore him. The fact that it's easier for the finder to bury him because you can bury him in that place, so that's why Yahushua made this takana. And obviously, as we you know, the Gemara is going to ask if you counted them the way we counted them, you have 11 to 9. Why did the baraisa begin? Why did the maimir? Chazal of the Amayra begin that Asara Tanayim when there is more all of this in the Gemara Okay starts the Gemara with number one the first Tanayim that everyone should have the right to allow their animals to pasture in a forest even if the forest is privately owned. Amarapapa says, that this Takana, this Tanai, like all the others, they're limited. They were only said, Eladaka begasa. We're going to learn this the way Rashi explains. Daka refers to the animal. That if I have a behema daka, meaning a small animal, a small domesticated animal, a goat or a sheep, and the forest, Rashi taichas gasa, has thick trees. So if my animal... Or my animals that are little are going to go in your forest that has gesundest, strong trees. They're not going to be mazik your trees. That is, when, that is where I am allowed, even though it's private property, Tanayo Yeshua, Abodaka Abadaka, but if it's a small animal, but your trees are also delicate and small. Or if I have a gasa, if my animal is large, even if the forest's trees are also gasa, in other words, there is a likelihood that my trees will be mazik. My animals will be mazik trees. Ah, loy, then I don't have that permission. And the Kolchchen says it on Papa, if it's a gasa bedaka, then of course, I am not allowed to allow my animals to pasture. However, the Kiddush that the Yamsha Shoshleim speaks out, and other Ahreinim, is that if I am taking my animals into my forest, there even gasa bedaka is allowed, which is also a Kiddush. Because you might have thought, And as we are going to speak out the fact that I am allowed to gather other people's shoots. I'm taking other people's shoots to plant them. That we want trees to be planted on Eretz Yisrael. So maybe Hazal would not allow me to pasture my behemagasa in my forest that has trees that are daka. Because it might destroy the trees in the forest. That is not a concern. Whether you have a lot of trees or not that many trees in a forest is not, doesn't affect Yishuv Israel. Let's go weiter. Umalak dematesim, miso this was ta, Tanai number two, that everyone is allowed to gather wood, even from other people's fields. Again says the Gemara, let's limit this Tanai. Lo <laughs> yam this was only said, gay. only if the wood that I am gathering are prickly, or, you know, thorny trees. That have very little value, if any, to the owner. Abu other woods because it belongs to the owner of the field. And furthermore, even in these prickly shrubs and these thorny little trees, That's only I am allowed to pick your, his and higmay if they are connected to your field. The balasada also benefits from the fact that someone picked some of that wood. Because these shrubs, they take nourishment from the ground. These trees don't produce any fruit. They're prickly trees. So it's being in English, a win-win. I got my wood. The Baal Sada is happy that his thorny trees became smaller. They're taking now less nourishment. But if they are already disconnected, which means the owner went through the trouble of cutting them. Because the owner wants this for fuel or for what have you. Then uh, he wants it. Then why? And furthermore, even if they're still connected, that anyone can go take it, only if they are moist. If they're dried, so with our approach, if the tree is dried out, anyways they're not taking nourishment. So then, and even when it's lach, look how many conditions, the picker cannot uproot the tree. Yes, it's taking nourishment from the ground and the owner benefits by it being smaller, but the owner also benefits from its wood. So I cannot go ahead and uproot your tree, but if all these conditions are met, if it's in a lach, and it's still mechobarim, and I'm not taking it all apart, I'm not taking the whole tree out of the ground, that is where I am allowed to pick, to cut some of your wood. Next, takana. Takana number three. Tanai number three. Um, Umelaktin asavim b'cholmokahim that I am allowed to pick grass from any other person's field from any person's field aside of grass from a field in which you have Tilson, Fenugreek planted as we explained because since Fenugreek benefits from the grass if I'm going to pick your grass I'm going to be damaging your Tilson. for that I have no right so asks the Gemara Lememra, in other words, you're telling me that the Tilson Ma'alullah asavim. that grass is good for Tilson, which is why you can't pick it. Ah yeah? The fetish, a contradiction, the And according to our Mishnah and Kalayim, in Kana in in Kalayim we learn that not only is it us to cross breed plants together, in other words to plant two species together, we're not even talking about Kalay Hakedim, which is the biggest issue. but stop two species of plants you can't plant together. More than that, in most cases, if they are already growing together, whether I did it, whether I didn't do it, there is also a mitzvah for me to uproot it. Or in the negative, I'm not allowed to allow them to grow together. So there the Mishnah says that tilson Im yasavim, that if tilson is growing together with grasses, which is also considered kalayim, in which I have this negative mitzvah, of not being allowed to maintain them together. Here, says the Mishnah, The Chachamim didn't have to tell the owner of the field, uproot the grass. Why? Because since grass is bad for the till sun, it's almost the opposite from here. Anyways, the owner is going to uproot it. So there was no need to have, you know, a, a, a legal, a halachic in position, or demand on something which people are going to do anyway. So it's So here you see from the Mishnah Kalayim that grass is bad for tilson. In from the Asarotak Tanoyim, it comes out grass is good for tilson. Answers the Gemara. Amar Abi Yirmiyah here meaning here in the Mishnah in Kalayim where grass is bad for tilson, that is when you planted the tilson lizeta for its seeds, and the tilson, as he'll explain, is detrimental to the seeds. Khan and the B'raisa, in the Tan Rabban and Asara where grass is good for tilson, that's when a person planted the tilson lezidin to eat its stalks. There, grass is good for its stalks. As Rabbi explains, Lizera kasholos, avim. And why is it? Because the makah because it weakens the power of the seeds. Seeds will be less effective when you replant them. Because grass is also taking nourishment from the ground. So the seeds have less nourishment. But Lazidan when you plant them for their stalks, grass is good. Because if you they are growing amongst grass, they will be able they will rest the stalks of the Tilson will rest on the grass. another answer says the Khan. in the Mishnah in Kalayim. Again, where it comes out that grass is bad for Tilson, that's when you planted the la adam for people to eat of it. Whatever, if it's a legume or if it's a spice, if you're eating from it, it, grass takes nourishment from the ground. So more, the more grass, the less nourishment in the Tilson. But Khan in the Braisa, in the Asara you planted the Tilson l'Behema. Now don't forget, animals don't only eat Tilson, animals eat grass. People don't eat grass, at least not then. It was a whole seder. First don't eat eggs, then they told us not to drink milk, if you remember. Then they told us not to eat meat and bread is a hamamish asr. And now they're trying to convince us to have grass. That's the top shanayin vav madreger. But here, normal, grass is for animals. So, if I cared, tilson and grass, yeah, the grass takes away nourishment from the Tilson. But grass is good for, for grass. If you're planting it for animals. So you have a whole supper for the animals. You have the Tilson with the grass. That's the, that's good. Answer. You're saying that the grass is good for animals, but our whole point is to why you're allowed to eat the grass. If a person pla- if a person let's go in the in the If a person planted a field in order to have food for his animals, yes. a, there, since true, the grass makes the tilson, let's say, less nutritious. Oh, yeah. But the grass is valuable in itself. There is where not We're not allowed to take it because because the owner benefits from the grass like this. The behemoth can go have the tilson and then have the grass. Even the behemoth who the Zara, is a he wants to have the grass. Now the question is, how will I know? I'm going to follow the asadam tonight. I know that I can pick someone else's grass. However, if that person planted tilson for behemoths, then I can't plant. If he planted the tilson for B'nai then I could take the grass. Umino yadin. And how would I know? So I'm going to Very simple me mi. If the field is planted with an order, you know, there are garden beds, there are, you know, there's, there's patches organized, that is a field that's being planted, le'adam, and that will likely be the case, Aleph by Kloyim, don't even tell the owner to take off the grass, he'll do it himself, and then another person can take the grass, because it's not good for the Tilson. But if it's not planted as garden beds, if it's not an orderly plantation, then you know it was planted. And that's exactly where one cannot take the grass. Number four, the fourth tonight, was that anyone can cut off shoots from privately owned trees. Again, not to be mazek tree, I would like to cut a shoot because I want to plant something or I want to graft something so I can take it from anyone's tree however we learned as we explained Rashi's explanation that if someone has an olive tree and they already cut it down very low they only left two fistfuls of height in the stump which is what's needed for it to regrow there if someone is going to take a shoot off that stump he'll be mazik the stump but if, in other words, I can take off a shoot if I'm not damaging your tree. So it says, dig a mother, in the name of a zakenechot, and we're going to learn later at the end of today's year that the zakenechot is Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, not where there's a stump, but the concept that I can only take a shoot off your tree if I'm not going to damage your tree. So there are limits. I can't stump, rip out a whole branch. So he explained, if I am taking a shoot off a zayis, not a zayis that has a stump, a normal olive tree, then I have to leave kebetza from the shoot that I'm taking off, I can't take it off all the way. I have to leave the amount of an egg on the tree. So like this, that which I leave will regenerate. So again, it's a win-win, I get my shoot. And your tree is just as valuable as before. Bekonim big Bekfanim If I'm taking reeds or vines then I'm only allowed to take it cuck from the knot and above which would mean according to one explanation if you look good at vines you'll notice that many branches have what it looks like it bends a little bit it's called a knot. there is some irregularity in the shoot or in the branch itself so if I'm cutting it down I cannot go all the way to the trunk. I have to leave from the trunk until the first pecock. I have to leave that on the tree. Again, it's for the owner to have enough of that branch that it will regenerate. V'shaar call ilanoiz, and from all other trees, min oivay shel ilan. Rashi taiches oivay, oivay means fruits. Here we don't mean fruits. Oivay means branches that are like fruits. I cannot take off a hard branch but the outer branches that are still soft the branches like a fruit itself if I take it off first of all, it's usable to replant I can use that or to graft but the tree doesn't get devalued at all and more than that even if I'm only taking off from the soft branches which is called the fruit of the tree not from the center of the tree only from the outsides of the tree and only only a shoot that's new That does not yet produce fruit. Not from an older shoot. Being defined as one that is already producing fruit. A branch that is giving fruit I can't take. And even from the branch that is soft. And it's not from the center. And it doesn't make peites. Only from the side of the tree that doesn't face the sun. In any event. Which means... That even if I were to leave it and eventually it would produce fruit, the fruit wouldn't be so great, anyways. Turning to the Fayal of Amidbays. However, speaking it very clear, never from the side of a tree that sees the sun, because the side of the tree that faces the sun properly. Eventually, when it will produce fruit, the fruits will be great, they'll be sweet, they'll be of good quality. And I can't take those branches. How do we know that the sun affects the quality of the fruits? As it says, quoting a Pasik in Zeis from what Moshe Rabbeinu told Yosef Atzadik at or his Shavit, that Umi Meged, Tuvois, Shamesh, with the bounty of the sun's crop. In other words, we are giving credit, so to say, to the sun for the crop, for the produce that grows in its rays. Continues the Gemara, quoting the fifth K'nai, Umayyan Hayoy khila, that if you have a newly uh, born spring, a spring that all of a sudden came out of the ground, that that people, the townspeople are allowed to get their water from that spring. Now Rashi spoke out on Amadalev. That when Yeshua conquered the land, that was clear. All of the springs is everyone's, the water belongs to everyone. But Yeshua made it tonight that not only do the current water sources belong to everyone, that if in the future a new spring will emerge... Everyone has right, everyone meaning whoever lives in that town has the right to that water. If you own the field, you cannot say, Well, that's in my field, it's my water. If it's a spring, it's everyone's water. However, Amaraba the naisan lay damin it's a big limitation. In other words, it belongs to the property owner. El he has to sell it. However, says, That's not what the Takana was. We don't accept his limitation. If you have to pay for it, then what did he accomplish? And as it's not even consistent with all the other Tanayim that we're reading. Pasha doesn't work together. What, the, what was the first thing? Anyone can pasture their fields in other people's forests. They don't have to pay money for that. I can be malakid the Eitzim. I can be malakid the Sovin. Every, everything we learned further, anyone can go fishing of the Yamashal tveria Not that I have to pay Naftali for the fish. So it doesn't make sense to understand that this fifth Tanai is that people have to pay. These Tanai means that a belongs to everyone. I have to supply that water for all the townspeople. Number six, the one that we started with, today with, anyone can fish, but Mechakin means fishing with a rope, with a string and a hook. That's the most limited type of fishing. You can hop one fish at a time. Every Jew, no matter what shevet you're from, can fish in the Sea of Teveria, which means in the Kinetes. No one is allowed to spread out a certain type of enclosure, which are nets on poles, because if one will do that, the you're going to prevent the ships or the boats from going there. Or if boats will go there, it's going to damage the boats. So these types of nets, you cannot spread out. Avol now we add on the Gemara, But you are allowed to fish with certain types of nets. Now the problem is, how do you, how do you understand it? We said oh, the word of means you can fish, with a line and a hook. Line and a hook is one fish at a time. Here we're adding that you can You can put out nets. As long as the nets are not on poles, as long as if boats go over the nets, the boats don't get damaged, then you could even fish with nets. So is it with a mechakin or is it with nets? So we're going to go with the approach that shaved naftali, they're the ones that can fish and even members of Shevet Naphtali cannot fish with poles, because they're going to damage boats. Members of other Shvatim can fish, but they can only use the fishing rod. Taner learned in a. Shina initially hisnu Shvatim Zenzeh, before Yeshua made his Tanai. From the outset, they said, <inaudible> that no one should be allowed to put out nets on poles in the Yam Shalkin Enes, but, in the beginning, they said that Shavit Naphtali can put out nets, but they never allowed for other Shvatim to fish in the Kinetis. So now came Yeshua, and he added, again, to be consistent with all the other Tanayim, no, that all the Jewish people have the rights to fish in the Kinetis by using what we will call a fishing rod with a string and a hook. Tano we learned in Ebrei'sa. Yom You should know that the Sea of Tveria, the Kinetas, Bechelko isha Naftali It was not the portion of the And not only was the Sea of Kinetat in their portion, but as we just, let's make the flow go better. As we learned that even before Yeshua, they Naftali had the right to fish there with nets. Now, if you're going to bring nets into the kinetis, you have to have a certain amount of space on the sea edge, on the beach, to be able to th- see shore, to throw out the nets. That the, t- the type of length in which you need to be able to properly spread out a fishing net was given to Naphtali on the southern shore, even though really that should not have been part of their chalic. But since they have the rights to fish with nets, so they were given that t- a space needed. And now the Pasuk is fulfilled that Yom vidarayim, the sea, and its south, is Yarasha, was possessed by Naphtali. Tanya Rabbi Shimon, then Allah That you should know Telushim, Sheboharim, all of the detached trees, detached trees, Telushim, that are laying on all of the mountains throughout Arat Yisrael. When we conquered it, says, <laughs> belongs to everyone. Because when we entered Eretz Yisrael, and there were a lot of already detached trees, that shevet cannot say, well, it belongs to our Shavit, it belongs to all the Eden. However, <laughs> the trees that were attached when we entered Eretz Yisrael, that's <laughs> that only belongs to that to the tribe in where the mountain was positioned and don't think that this would create chaos Explain some of the Roshonim because when the Yidden knew that all of the detached woods belongs to everyone so if there would only be detached trees let's say in the of Reuven then all of the Shvatim would be intruding the Chelek of to gather those trees so it says the Brai Yisrael every tribe who got we all got a portion in the land of Israel, we didn't get only one type of topography. Every Shavid got Bahar, we got mountains, Ubashvela, and lowlands, Uba Negev. Negev doesn't mean what the word Negev is used for south or for desert. Negev means open country, open areas. Ubaemek or in valleys, as it says, we just had this last week in Devarim, Pnu, Usualchem, Uvoyu, harhu Maidi, Velkol and what? how does the Torah describe this portion of Israel? Ba'arava, Ba'har, Uba'shvela, Uba'negev, Uba'cha'yam. V'gamer. And v'cheinatum'aitza. And the same you find. Be'knanim, Uba'prizim, Uba'emoyrim. She'lifneim. That all of the nations that lived in Israel. That they had in their territories. All types of topography. As it says, V'elkol Shchenov. Alma, we see Shchenov hachihabu. So therefore, going back to the flow, even though everyone was allowed to take all of the telushim, no one was invading, in a detrimental way, other people's properties, because every shevet got in their chalik some mountains, which had some trees. Some of them were telushim. So, you know, people people basically ended up taking what's in their property anyway, what's in their portion anyway, but really it belonged, the telushim belonged to everyone. Number seven... The seventh tonight that we learned was, that everyone has the right to relieve themselves behind a, uh, a stone fence. By the way, the behind the stone fence, is that, that's Hilchas But the point is, as we spoke out, even in a field that grows, saffron, which has a good odor, and that's because when one went to the bathroom there, it did not permanently take away the, bad, the, the good odor. You know, it was like fertilizer. The Chiddush is, the reason why this is of a novelty, it's a Chiddush because, that if a, one is going to the bathroom behind a, a stone fence, the toilet paper of then was stones, that they would be allowed to take a stone off the fence. Ah, now that's like a Chiddush. Let's go to a greater Chiddush. Now obviously, Chiddush Shabbos is never permissible. But let's Chazer some Hilcha Shabbos. Mekalkal B'Shabos is Pater. Pater meaning you're Pater M'day Normally an act of Kilkel is Asur M'der Abbanan. here for Kavad There isn't this Rabbinic law and you could take it even on Shabbos. Marzutra Chassidah. Chassidah means someone... Here Chassidah walked in. Chassidah means... That Lithnimish Urasadin, what's Lithnimish Urasadin? That Sharkil, that he took the stones, which he was allowed to do because of the of Yoshua, but after he used it, he put it back. And not only that, not only did he put it back, but, he told his Mishadis, he told his helper, that with the parentheses, or with the Marashal, doesn't have that version, that he told his helper, Zil, Shiri, Kihu, go and cement it in. In other words, not only did he replace it, but don't forget that he detached it. After Shabbos, he had it replaced the way he took it. But that was Lefnei Sadin, because Lafi Tana Yoshua you had the right to take it, and you didn't even have to put it back. Number eight, was Umah Ochim that one is allowed to walk in what's called the permissible paths. Like Rashi explained, most field owners, during the times of the year, that having the public walk through their field will not damage the field. They allowed... The, they allowed the public, the chavra, the community, to walk through on those paths. So Yoshua made a takana that even if you as a yachid, you're stingy, even though you don't lose anything, you don't want anyone to use your property, everyone has the right to walk through those paths. But that's only if it doesn't damage your plantations, which will be achetated at until the second rain, in the earlier rain seasons. Again, we spoke out in, t- in Tina's there are three dates for that. One, you know, the mid, I think it was 7, 17, and 23. And, and let's go with the, with the opinion that the revia Shaniah is the 17th of Mar After that, once the produce begins to sprout, people trampling upon it will damage it, then you can't walk on it. Omar rapapa says, Rav Vahai didan, Vahai didan, meaning, what about us in Babel? And as we will see in the next piece of Gemara, that many of the Amarayim, Extended these takanas to bubble. Which means, number one, that just like everyone was allowed to walk through other people's fields as a shortcut, if it doesn't damage the produce, that was allowed in Israel, they, they applied that in bubble. The concept was applied to bubble, which is I cannot walk if it's gonna damage. But the Pasha, the land in bubble is different than Eretz Yisrael. So the Papa said that by us. That when dew is still, the moisture of the morning, the dew, is still on the field, even before the Reviya Shania, whatever the date was in Bubble, when people walk on the fields, it would damage the produce. So you can walk in it, but not when there's dew on it. The Hidish is, as we'll see in the next piece, that it applies to Bubble, the concepts apply to Bubble, but the practical application is not the same. You can walk if it doesn't do damage, whatever damage would be in bubble. Number nine, that when people are walking on the roads and the roads have... As we said, because of the rain season, because of the snow season, the roads became uneven. And if it's difficult to walk on the road, then everyone has the right to walk on the sides of the roads, even if they're walking on other people's private property. Now here they're walking mamish on the edges of the private property, but they are allowed to do it. And now we're going to go to a story that happened in Babel. But again, as we just spoke out, these dinim. Were extended to Bavel. Says the Gemara, Shmuel that Rabbi Yehuda have a koshakli, have a shakli va'ozli They were walking on the road in. Right? Shmuel was in Arda, right in Babel, Have a mistalik Shmuel let's us hadarachim. The road became bumpy. It became difficult to walk on. So Shmuel went on the sides. Amalei Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda asked him to shehisno Yeshua filo beBavel. Do we apply the Tanay Yeshua in Babel? so Shmuel says yes, and not only in bubble. She'ani it is my opinion. I feel a a Wherever there's a the yishuv of Yidden, we take the rules of Yeshua and we apply it there as well. L'chayda all, all of them. In other words, you have heard the concept on one hand, private property is private property, but there's going to be certain scenarios where where you do what's better for the for the group for the community. Even on the account of, but listen, we learned so many limits to Tanaya Yerushua. Attacker doesn't damage. It's like Mama Shbida Sudoim, almost not to give in to it. I'm not losing anything if you take a shoot, if you take a grass, if you take off a shrub. That's prickly. In all of these uh, limit, limited scenarios, then you're allowed to do it. Now another story. Says the Gemara that rebi and Abkhiyam. Wow, look at this. Now, Rabbi and were talking about the uh, Eretz It's They were going on the on, the, on the road, and again, what happened was the road was difficult. There was there were pegs in the road. It was bumpy, so we stalked, They had the They started to walk on the sides. Now, a mafsiya The word mafsiya means big steps. The word mafsiya implies that in front of them was one of their talmidim called Rabbi Yehuda ben Kenusa, and he was taking big steps. That's because he did not go on the sides of the road. He was walking on the bumpy road. So whenever there was a bump or a peg, he needed to jump over it. So they saw that he is not relying on the heted of Yeshua. He's walking, he's walking on the road. in front of them. No, probably he didn't see them necessarily. But they saw him, Rabbi, and Rabbi saw Rabbi Yehuda ben Kenusa. So amalei Rabbi, Rabbi Who is that person in front of us that Rashi says that is showing off that he is a chasid? He's behaving beyond the letter of the law. He's not relying on the heter of Yehoshua. And we are, and he's not. So amalei Rabbi Chiyah, felt that Rabbi is starting to get nervous with him. And he didn't want that person, God forbid, to get a kepede from Rabbi. So he, he said, you know, maybe it's Rabbi Yehudah ben Kenusa. It happened to be him. But Rabbi Chia says, if it's him, I want you to know that Talmidi, who, he's my student. And he's not a Mexican yura. He's not showing off that he's on a level that he's really not. He's takah or chasid. Don't get upset with him. And Timot al when they came to him, they caught up to him. Chazieh, they saw that it's takah him. So Amale, Rebbe tells Rabbi Huddin Kenusa, and Kenusa hot. Yeshua, you're lucky. If you would not be you, is Gaz I would have split your leg opened, the big with an iron club, I would have busted your legs, says Rashi Shalom to take those words literally. What Rebbe said is, I would have put you in a chedim, Because when a person is put with a chedim, they can't walk amongst the people. So the legs are damaged. And he would have put him into a cheir, here's the source that there are times, good for you, you're going to with the Meshurah Sadin. There are other times that if everyone relies on a heter and you want to go, i am frumer than everyone else, there are times that that attitude is uncalled for. Let's go by right there. The number 10, if we count the way we counted, hatoye bin akramim, if someone gets lost in between a vineyard, and, as we explained, even if they can walk their steps back, and walk around the vineyard. They don't have to do that. They can get out of their lost place by cutting their way out of the field. Obviously, they're damaging the produce. They have to pay for it. Here, they have to pay for it. But they're allowed to do it. They can cut down and cut up. Cut your way out. If you see your friend that's lost in a vineyard, you can save your friend by you cutting your way in to get him and your way out or going back on the same path to take him out. Until you get him to the city or to the main road. And V'chein says in the B'raisa, If you yourself are lost, Why did the B'raisa give two cases? What's the, what difference is there? If you can save someone else, you can save yourself. Says the Gemara, no, it's a Chiddush. You would think, when your friend is the one that's lost, you know how to get him out. You Think about it, it's gewalding. If I know someone is lost, I know where he is, I know where the road is, even if I'm cutting through that field, the example is a vineyard, to make a new path for him, I'm doing very limited damage. Because I know where he is, I know where the road is. Once I'm not lost, my friend is lost. The Yod and the Salik, I, the rescuer, know exactly where I have to take him to. There, the, the, Yeshua, Tanai Yeshua was the Nifsuk that I can cut through the field. Avel, who, the loyot, But if I'm the one that's lost, and I'm the one that I have to rescue myself, the likelihood will be that my damage will be much more. I don't know where I'm going. Lo that I should not have that permission. Now, the Gemara has to clarify, one second. If there is no other way of me getting out other than cutting through the field, what should I do? Should I die there? No, there's always another option of going back where I came from. It means there's different madrigues in getting lost. Some people are lost, they don't know where they came from. But even if there is an option of you going back, and you're coming out in the wrong side, and then you needing to walk all the way around, you can do that. You won't be mazik other people's produce. So you would have thought you would demand the person to do it. Nahadrei, nahadar, go back to where you came from, and then walk around the vineyard bay mitrei on the perimeter of the border. So kamash I saw that no, that if I'm going to that city and the city is ahead of me, I can cut my way through the field. Frek digemare one second. What's the novelty of Yeshua that if I find someone who's lost? I'm allowed to rescue them by cutting through someone else's vineyard. I am obligated to rescue someone who's lost. The Tanya that it says, the Tanya we learned, where do we know that returning a lost person is also part of the mitzvah of Hashavah Savedah. Hashavah normally means if someone has an article, if you find a thing that's lost, return it to its owner. What happens if you find a person who's lost? Rabbeinu, the whole reaching out and helping Yidin find their way back. How do you know that that's part of the mitzvah? I say, Returning a lost person, it says, Him, return him, the Vav at the end implies that So the question is, why do we need a b'raisa? Of course I can save a person who's lost. The answer is the Gemara. Yeah, of course you can save a person. But who says you can save a person on the account of someone else? If there is an option of taking that lost person back where he started out from without damaging the field and then uh, allowing him to walk all the way around the parameter of the vineyard, you would think you have to do it that way. So also who? So came Yeshua and talking and he made a takronah. Someone is lost. Make it easier to find his way back even if it damages someone else's property. You can get... Out of your state of being lost, without doing any damage, but we're saying you don't have to do that. You can do damage, but you have to pay. But you have to pay. But here you have to pay. So when the Gemara had before the Amoraim that said by the by the spring that you have to pay, and the Gemara says, here you have to pay. We're going with that approach. Now the Chiddush is that is that you know you have the right to save yourself. You have to understand also. I mean, there's two. You're you're panicky in there. We're city boys, we don't know what it means, but imagine you're in a field and the stalks, whatever it is, is higher than you, and you're lost in there. So here, you know, you have the right to take a knife and cut your way out and then deal with the damages later. You don't have to be worried now about the property of someone else. Now, which was really the eleventh that we read, that an unattended body, we don't know who the relatives are. The finder has the great mitzvah of burying that person. Even if the finder is a kohen. where do you bury the person? We would spoke out before Shita's Rambam. If the person is in the city, take him to the cemetery. But if the person is out of the city, and if the finder would have to take him to a cemetery, it makes it more difficult. Yeshua was afraid he's going to just leave the body there. So to make sure that that person will get buried where, the person is found there, he's buried. Frek, the of have a contradiction. We learned in a b'raisa, If you find a person laying, not living, on a road, so the b'raisa says, you don't bury him in the road. You have to take him to the side of the road. Now the side of the road, the road is public property. The sides of the roads means you're going into someone else's private property. Now, if you have to go to the right or to the left, what happens, says the Isa, on one side you have a stay bur, you have an empty field. On the other side you have a stay near, you have a, you have a um, plowed field. So where should you bury it? Says Debra "bur. choose the place where you're doing less damage to that owner. Now really, if you think about it, if they're owned by different people, each one claims the other place is better for me. But your objective, so bury him in the place where you're doing the least damage. If you have to choose between stay near or stay zera, one field was plowed, one field was already planted. So then says the brayzim, stay bury that person in the in the edge of the stay near. At least you're not damaging something that was planted. Hoyu burois or or If they're both the same, The finder gets to pick which field. Bottom line is, is you don't bury him where you find him. You don't bury him on the road. Our Tanarabbanan says that. Answers the that Gemara. Ah, the Mutalala Meitzar. One second. If a person is laying on a narrow path, of course you cannot bury him on the road. But everyone who's going to go on the road will become Tamei Meis. When there is a very large road and you found him on the side, you bury him on the road. But if you cannot bury him on the road because it's a narrow road and he's laying to the width, and you have to take him to the side, nicely since you have to take him away again mifaneu you get to pick which side you want to take it to if they are both equal that's the brayso that's a problem that's the problem we have here but it was it was in a narrow place of the road so all the big highways they're very wide and sometimes they get narrow. That's what it must mean. Now, Frek... wide road, according to this, you just leave it there? Yeah. If it's not going to... You, you have to mark the place so people should not go on top of it. But if they can go around it on the road, then you bury the person on the road. Now comes the, finally the question. If you count the numbers in the Brai, so there's 11. So how many they asked, Asara? What kind of Asara to know him? Hani, Chatz, there are 11. Answers the Gemara that what we counted as number 8, it's true, but it's not from Yeshua. That ma'alchin b'shvilei harashus, that was made by Shleim HaMelech, Shleim Amram. Now it's again the way Rashi touched that most people allowed others to walk through paths, shortcutting their fields, when it doesn't damage the produce. There were certain stingy yechidim. Even though Zenahen of a Zelo'i you can't walk on my property. Shleim HaMelech was the one that says, everyone has the right to do so. Like we learned in asada. If someone's fruit is already a... You already gathered, you picked the fruit, you harvested the fruit. And still, the person doesn't allow anyone to go in their fields. So says the B'ra'isam, What will people speak of? What will people say? What benefit does he have that no one goes through his fields? What type of property damage is he preventing? Nothing. No one is hurting him. On him, it says in the verse. Now we're quoting a verse that it doesn't say. And look at this quote. When you can be good, don't be called bad. So Yeah, find me such a verse in Tanakh. There's no such a verse. So answers the Gemara in. These words are not written. When you can be called good, when you can be good, don't be called bad. But there's a passage that implies this idea which is I'm quoting a passage initially Do not withhold good From its rightful recipients When you have the power to do good When you have the power to do good Don't withhold the good Okay, so now that's the Shlema So even though the Braisev put it together We only have 10 Tanoim from Yeshua Now comes the Gemara and asks Let's see if we can finish the Sugiyam There's 10 I'll tell you right now 4 more from Yahushua, v'su leke, number one, we find this from, Rabbi Yehuda, the time we learned, in Abraham. Rabbi Yehuda says, that that during the time, that people start taking out, fertilizer, to fertilize the fields, Adam, might see, a person is allowed, to take out, from his property, his refuse, to the public domain, we learned this together, why would you do that, to heap it, 30 days, because there are certain types, of, raw material of fertilizer that the more people trample on it, the more powerful it gets. So you do that. I, the guy who's trampling, doesn't necessarily like under his shoes. So that's only we learned. People who had muddy shoes anyways. So it should be trampled. But I, again, who says I agree? That was one of the stipulations that he made. This is something that might be to the detriment of the individual, but it's to the benefit of the collective. So that's another Takana. And now we're going to learn from Rabbi Yishmael Benoi, another three. So altogether four. The time we learned, Rabbi Yishmael ben Rabbi Yishmael Amen. Tanai, based in who? And we'll see Tanai based in his Yeshua, that she is a yore to the that one person has the right to invade on his neighbor's property. the V'kretzes soichoi to cut off a large branch. When? lahatzul machil sholoi to save his beehive. If I have a beehive. And my bees, a shiddich with your branch. One bee went to your branch. Another bee went to your branch. A branch is more attractive than a beehive. And I'm noticing that all my bees are going to your branch. I'm going to lose my whole beehive. So I have the right to cut off your branch. I have to pay you. But I have the right to cut it off to make sure that I don't lose my beehive. And I have to pay you. But the fact that I have the right to do it, that's another Tanai of Yeshua. And another one from Rabbi Shmuel. Which is, if two people have a barrel, I have a barrel of wine, you have a barrel of honey. Honey is more valuable than wine. If the barrel of honey cracked before your are to your honey the owner of the honey can demand on the owner of the wine pour out your wine use your barrel to save by honey I'll pay you for the wine and you'll have takka because the honey is worth more than the wine but if not for this takana you cannot force me to do that and if I did it on my own many of the Deshreinim say you don't have to pay for my wine. You have to pay. Me, you have to pay for rent of the barrel. You have to maybe pay for the labor, but not for the wine. Here, the dinners that I can impose that on you. Just the wine you're yeah, just the wine. And the labor. No, no. But even though it's your barrel. You. Invited next, next, and next is the tonight. it's very similar. She is a mefaddik eitzov v'trayn pishtanishalchaveday. If there are two donkeys, one donkey is carrying flax. Flax is more valuable than wood. The other donkey is carrying wood. The one that was carrying the wood, the donkey that's carrying the, um, the flax, died. So the, he can impose on the wood donkey, you lose your wood. And the donkey should be used for my flax, and I'll pay you for the wood. But you have to do it. So the bottom line is, we had four takanas: one from Rabbi Yehuda, three from Nabi Yehuda, and why did we only say ten? Answers, the Gemara Eloi a Tanai that is only Das Rabbi Yehuda, or the other three that's only the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, b'nai that's not what we're quoting. We started out today with a Brayse that's quoting everyone's opinion. Let's try to finish this. Das Pei Beis. I, the Gemara Oven, when Oven came from Eretz Yisrael, he brought with us shita's Rabbi That said, another Tanai. And here it's not das yachid, that echod ilan hanoit lotech that whether my tree is going over your property, or if my tree was planted near your fence, and as we'll learn another time, that a tree draws nourishment from the ground, not only beneath the trunk, 16 amas perimeter. And if I planted a tree near you, the border of my friend, it's also getting nourishment. From my friend's property. If my branch is leaning over your field, some of the nourishment is coming from your property. And there, the issue is not whether it's Geneva or not, the question is if I'm going to bring Bikurim, Machloikis from what fruits, but when I bring Bikurim, I have to say that the nation is domashenosatoli. So there's a Machloikis between amaraim whether you can make that declaration. So Rabbi Echnin was of the opinion, Ula disagrees. Rabbi Echnin holds, maybe. Not only does the owner of the tree bring the fruit, but he can read the words of Bikurim. Even though it's not exactly Ashen Li, because there is something not kosher involved. These fruits are not only coming from my land. So, bite there. So, we have another. Tana Yeshua, answers the Gemara to clarify everything. This goes back to all of the questions. Elo, man, Tanah, Yeshua. When we started yesterday, today, Hazarim, Rabbanon. It's not a Tanah, Rabbanon. It's not a B'raisa. It's an Amayra. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi was the one that said it. Now it's a lot better. Because this, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, he argues with Rabbi Echeron. He doesn't hold that you can read it. And, and, as the Rishonim speak out, Rabbi Shua ben Levi did not need to repeat something that Rabbi Yehud already said. Or that Rabbi Shmuel ben said. He is telling us Dinim that no one knew before. Ah, what did people not know, the ten? And then he added noch the eleventh of Shlom Hamelach. And now the Gemara is going to substantiate that, because Rab Geviam, from the place called Bay Kossel, he learned it clearly that it's not a ton Rabbanon, That the ten, Tanoim, is... A member of a amoira, that raftankum, verabirios omri, in the name of an elder, umanu, Rabbi Shua ben Levi, asoratunoyim hisna Yoshua. Fantastic to be continued.